You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to American Sex. We're a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging the puritanical backward ass ideals we have to deal with here in the United States. This is episode 132 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoinberg. You're going to be hearing from him also in just a few minutes. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we're kinky perverts too. And we're married. There's a whole twist there, but we'll get to that. This week, we're talking with a diaper boy groupie. She's known on the internet as Diaper Perv. But although diapers are important, before we get to all that, there's some stuff I have to get out in the open. I got to say this. So if you consider yourself a sex positive person and you're white or you are a non-black person of color and you've also been completely silent about what's been going on, listen up. I'm talking to you. So this is especially true for those people that are leaders in their communities. That might be a BDSM community, a swing lifestyle community, whatever sub-community it is where you hold a place of power, or if you're any type of sexual health or relationship educator, this is all especially true for you. So I'm not saying, you know, you got to get out there and protest and, oh, if you're not protesting, oh, this is awful. You know, that's right for some people, but it's not the best choice for others. And that's fine. We've all got our specialties, right? Doing something can be as simple as talking about racism on social media or talking to your non-black friends about what's been going on. Maybe organizing a book club where you all read a book like White Fragility together. You know, something. Please do something. So many of these people that I'm seeing, especially in, in all caps, if you can hear this in all caps, especially those that are leaders in their community, in their sex positive community, and have a visible platform, you cannot be silent right now. You know how we call you, listeners of this podcast, American Sex, we call you American fuckers. And there's a couple reasons for that. Now, the obvious reason is because we teach about sex and y'all are interested in sex. You're American fuckers. You just like to fuck, uh, you know, right. But there's another reason because we're all disruptors. We fuck shit up. We disrupt cis, hetero, vanilla, monogamous norms. We disrupt sexual relationship and identity shoulds and shouldn'ts. We disrupt obstacles to sexual freedom. We disrupt the societal norms that tell us who to love and how to love. We disrupt oppression and marginalization. And we turn what America thinks about all of these things, we turn that completely on its head. So that's why we're American fuckers. People on social media, sometimes, you know, they'll approach me and they'll, they'll make a comment somewhere and they'll say, well, how come you're talking about politics or how come you're talking about race? That has nothing to do with sex. Why don't you just stick to your subject matter, stick to the sex? And if you can't do that, I'm going to unfollow you. OK, bye. See ya. You know, sexuality, relationships, gender and all those other things that go with them are inherently political. You can't escape that. In fact, your existence and the fact that you're out there living your best life, wearing your diapers, doing whatever you're doing, might just be an act of revolution. And for those of you thinking, okay, all right, maybe I can see how sex has something to do with politics, but what does it have to do with race? And, and what does it have to do with the protests that are happening right now? So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you're aware that our subject matter runs the gamut. It's not just about sex, because sex is never just about sex, right? We talk about things from sexual pleasure to mental health to identity or body shame, uh, class, ability, all of those things. Talk about it all. Your sexual expression, the sexual expression of yourself, has everything to do with every piece of yourself. 
and every piece of your partner selves and every piece of the selves that make up your cultural group, etc. It's what informs our shame, our fears, our fantasies, our emotional state, the trauma that we carry in our bodies, and so on. Just all of those other things. It's all interconnected. And we're not going to be free sexually or otherwise until we are free in every damn sense of the word. And when I say we, I mean all of us, every single last one of us. So the next time you hear me call y'all American fuckers, know that means you're actually, yeah, maybe you like sex, but actually you're an American disruptor both inside and outside of the bedroom. And it's your duty to get out there and dismantle old systems. All of them. Go fuck shit up, American fuckers. So I post in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 132, and the show notes are located at americansexpodcast.com. There are some links and resources there to help you get started. Or continue if you've already started. The book White Fragility that I mentioned is an excellent introduction, as is the book Pleasure Activism, which ties the importance of all of these things to sexuality. There's also a couple of great anti-racism workbooks and courses available right now that normally cost money, but they're free right now. I'm going to link those as well. And in fact, in the coming week or so, I'm going to be finalizing some details, uh, organizing an anti-racism workbook club with the intent of white and non-black people of color who are in the sex positive community meeting weekly to discuss and dissect each section of these materials. So keep an eye on my social media for more on that. Hopefully you'll be seeing stuff in the next few days. Listen, American fuckers, however you choose to act, you need to do it do it, do something. And you need to keep doing it. Even after the hashtag stop trending on social media, you'll make some change in this country and in this world. Please, American fuckers. Okay, I had to say that and I had to say it first and foremost, because it's of the utmost importance. And I know for some people, it's really awkward, you know, to talk about race if it's not something that you've talked about. Uh, there's a lot of discomfort there, and we need to learn to to get comfortable with that discomfort. But guess what? As sex-positive people, one of the things that we're kind of good at is getting comfortable with awkwardness and discomfort. So go ahead and use that superpower for other things. There's also some awkwardness here now because now I have to switch gears and be like, hey, diapers and pee and fetish stuff, which it, it's always strange. Uh, transitioning from topic to topic. But really, I, I did want to mention that all first at the top of the show, because, well, one, it's important. You know, two, there might be folks from the age play community who are coming here to listen to this conversation that we're having with Diaper Perf, and they might be very new to American Sex Podcast. Hey, brand new American fuckers, maybe it's your first time. We welcome you. And as you know, in the business of podcasting, the more listeners we have, the more money we can make, which for us is really crucial right now because COVID-19 has run over our finances like a truck, like shit is bleak, right? But if you're new to this podcast and I open the show having a serious discussion about racism and that bothered you, um, that means A, maybe you're someone that really needed to hear that right now, or B... You've already turned our podcast off and you're never coming back. And although that might really hurt our pocketbook, neither Ken and I in good conscience can sell ourselves out and be unethical by not saying anything so we can keep more money in our pockets. So there, you know, it's it's hard to be ethical in a capitalist society. And I just want to throw out there, you know, if anyone wants to give us a fancy dancy podcasting contract, like, did you hear about um the two... Uh, women in their 20s for a podcast called it's a sex podcast called call her daddy um it's they're relatively new i think they've been around a year and they were picked up by barstool sports and they're making gazillion a gabillion dollars and they're having some contract dispute and i'm like what like there's there's an article i read in the new york times i'll put it in the show notes anyway um 
Yeah. So why, how, hey, anyone willing to sign us up and that will still let us say whatever we want to say and all the important shit, uh, we're listening and we're there. Drop us a line. Thanks. Anyway, on to diapers. This week, we're talking to a woman who goes by the name of Diaper Perv. And we're going to talk to her about her diaper fetish. Now, unlike other people we've interviewed on the podcast about diapers or age play in the past, Diaper Perv is not a diaper wearer. Oh, no, no. She is a diaper boy groupie. She's also very active in the ADBL community, which is adult baby diaper lover, um, both online and real life. Diaper Perf also facilitates pro-diaper fantasies out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and also has an ABDL nursery in her home. She aims to educate folks on what ABDL really is and isn't, as well as further community reach. So it's really weird to talk to somebody who has such a unique perspective about the age play community. We usually always hear from littles. So diaper perv, as a mommy, a diaper top, we'll get into to what she prefers to be called in a minute, but she tells us about what led to her diaper fetish, specifically omurashi, which is female urination desperation that is popularized in Japan. Diaper Perv also explains exactly what her dominant role is with diaper wearers. It is much different than what you think of a, a typical dominatrix does. We also learn about the numerous age play get-togethers and meet and greets and conventions that happen all over the United States. And I really think even if this isn't your kink, if you're like, this is weird, I don't get it, mm, maybe I'll turn it off, don't. I think you're going to be really surprised at not only how much you're going to learn from this conversation, but how much you're actually going to relate to a lot of the things that Diaper Perv tells us. So it's a good one. I love it. I do want to make one small note about the audio in this interview, and I usually never talk about audio because it's supposedly a podcasting faux pas, but I got to. Uh, there's a little bit of feedback. When Diaper Perv talks the first few minutes of the interview, I try to get it out with my editing. I couldn't. It's only the first few minutes. So if it annoys the crap out of you, just stick with it. It goes away. I want to throw that out there. Before we get to that conversation, too, I got a little bit of ball washing to do, which is what we call housekeeping. Let you know what's been going on, what's going to be going on. First order of business is this is the last episode that is airing before our regular summer hiatus. We're going to be off air until Monday, July 13th, but never fear. We're going to be doing a lot of other things during the next month. You know, it's only the Monday podcast that is on hiatus. All of our other regular stuff is still happening and we're going to be doing more. So first, I want to make sure that you join our Discord community if you haven't already. It's at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D-A-S-T. P, Discord ASP for American Sex Podcast. There's all sorts of things going on there, and they're going to be going on there while we're on our podcast hiatus. And on that platform, we talk about, yes, sexuality and identity and all that stuff, but we also talk about mental health and even recipes and funny memes. We have gaming nights and watch parties and a lot of stuff. Oh, and we have a littles area. There's a lot of littles in our Discord, so come on and join. That's all, also the place where we're probably going to be hosting our anti racism workbook club so we'd love for you to join us again it's free at bit.ly bit.ly slash discord asp we're also going to be doing our weekly wednesday night sex ed free live streams on get vocal just like we always do those aren't going away 8 p.m pacific time at bit.ly slash sunny get vocal s-u-n-n-y g-e-t-v-o-k-l also you're still going to be getting bonus content on our Patreon page this whole month, which you can join at patreon.com slash American Sex. And don't forget, all members get mailed to them proud American fucker stickers so you can identify yourselves when you're out in the wild and you get a bunch of other perks too. Also on Thursday evening, the 11th of June, I'm teaching long distance kink and cyber sex for sugar adult shop in Baltimore, but it's not in Baltimore. It's actually online. So you can see it wherever you are in the world. It's available both live on Thursday, or you can get it as a recording later on. Check the show notes for episode 132 for links to that session. And 
last thing. This is important too. Those of you listening who are in the pleasure products industry or an adjacent industry, and I know there's quite a few of you, I will be on the panel for XBiz's Anti-Racism Town Hall on Thursday afternoon on the 11th. I'm also going to put the link to that in the show notes. All right, American fuckers, disruptors, American fuck shit uppers, uh, have as positive of a June as you possibly can. You know, get out there, disrupt the hell out of systemic racism and the status quo, but also wear your mask. Don't forget to wear your mask. It's important. Also, maybe disrupt the hell out of your sex life, too. You know, and you can take your mask off for that. You know, unless you're into that, that might be your kink, then, you know, leave it on, knock your socks off. Uh, this conversation you're about to hear might actually give you some inspiration on the, you know, fuck shit up in the bedroom front. So here is Diaper Perv. <laughs> Those of you who are littles or are into age play in any way, shape, or form, whether you're a big, whether you're a little, uh, do your squealing right now because we are talking with Diaper Perv. Hi. Hey. Hello. Thank you for having me on. And you know what's interesting? You're you're so amazing when we looked at you. We generally don't do unsolicited guests. And when you reached out to us because you had heard some of the other episodes we'd done with um, uh-huh. you know, adult diaper lover and uh, Dr. Paul Ruloff and a couple like, and I think we might've had one or two other folks on, but it got your interest. And yeah. I am just so fascinated by your perspective on all of this. So littles listen up. Uh, if you're an adult baby, listen up. If you're a caretaker of an adult baby or a little listen up. Or if you think you know about age play, listen up because <laughs> you are very unique. Usually when we talk to people who are into age play, it's either on, you know, on the littles end, there's people who are into ADBL, which is adult baby diaper lover, or, you know, people who are littles that emulate different age groups. Or on the flip side from that, oftentimes when people think of the bigs in the equations, you know, the mommies, the daddies, they often think of it in terms of a mommy dumb a daddy dumb, mm-hmm. but I noticed something curious. On your social media profiles, you say, I am not a mommy, not a dumb. So that is piquing a lot of curious interest. What, what are you? How do you classify yourself? Oh, boy, that's tough. And it's evolved over time um, with my participation in the realm and also me discovering more of what I like and what I don't like, and also being in different relationships and dynamics within this realm. So right now, I am a diaper boy groupie. Okay. We Okay, are you talking <laughs> like a specific diaper boy or just diaper boys in general, like the whole group? Um, just diaper boys in general. Okay. And there is a whole section that isn't as talked about and isn't as addressed like yeah you mentioned littles age players adult babies but there's also diaper lovers so diaper fetishists who enjoy diapers but don't really engage in the age play aspect of it okay and that's a huge section of the abdl community as well Okay. That's kind of like me then, like being a diaper top. He's I'm, a diaper top. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not a baby. I'm just like, I like wearing a diaper and topping people, and I don't have a good connection to what that is. I've never really, th- you know, put a name to it before. Oh. Huh. Oh, wait. I didn't know you like diapers. Yeah. I have, in fact, I have one of my uh, favorite implements that I have for impact says diaper top on it. Oh, my goodness. That's so amazing. And I've actually never heard that term before. So that's pretty badass i don't know i don't have think i've ever heard did you make it up are there other diaper tops out there no. I, if you're a diaper top and you're listening please write us no is maya, there another maya sinstress made it up remember like she's right. like i was just diapery and toppy and she's like you're a diaper top i'm buying you this thing <laughs> <laughs> and i love it because you could stay super focused and hydrated and not need to take a bathroom break totally exactly. totally okay so for you, you have been doing this a very long time, like since the dawning of the internet or something. Like, what's the deal with that? No, no, I okay. have not. Oh, okay. It's so complicated. So I actually have interest in omarashi and female desperation. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah. So when I first got a computer at 19, which was like a billion years ago, um, I found that interest. I found a site called wetset.net and it had girls peeing their pants and all that fun stuff on half of their site. And the other half was adult babies and diaper lovers. Mm. So I'm like, what's this? And so I looked and I'm like, ooh, I really like guys in diapers. This is a turn on because of the power dynamic. Um, And then I kind of couldn't really find anyone to play with Mm -hmm. in my city at that time, anyone my own age that I connected with. So it actually left and I forgot that I had this fetish (gasps) and went on to other fetishes and other exploration (laughs) and in 2015, my husband and I, we decided we weren't having kids. Okay. Uh, finally, like that was the final decision and it's a de- decision I'm good with, but I still have a very strong motherly side. Mm. Like my ex-husband and my husband call me mom, not mommy, just mom. Like, <laughs> okay, mom, whatever, mom. I hate you, mom. <laughs> and that's just me. So I decided because I have a good understanding of ABDL because I own ABDL sites mm-hmm. that I wanted to get that out of my system by being a caregiver, by being a mommy. Mm. So I did it. Okay. To to know what that felt like, to understand the caring aspects and the teaching aspects and the giving aspects and over time, that developed into me having a diaper fetish, as in me enjoying other people in diapers and putting them in diapers. That is amazing. Yeah. I was wondering if you yeah. could do something for our fans. One of the most interesting things that we did when we first, we uh, uh, we have a show on Showtime called Sex of Sunny Megatron. The very first segment that I pitched to them was on Omarashi. Can you talk a little bit more about it and what it means? Yes. And I'm not even sure if I'm the best person to describe or explain what it is, but it's about pee desperation in females and males and enjoying the feeling of a full bladder, enjoying the accidents mm-hmm. in in clothing and having accidents and seeing people generally desperate to pee. And that's, you know, that's pretty much how I've heard it described. I used to look for videos of especially like women in Tokyo on trains, like kind of doing the pee pee dance. And that's what I look for. Like I look for people doing the pee pee dance and it gets me excited because I can tell there's piss desperation going on. Yes. Yeah. And that's a Japanese term, omurashi. They have amazing videos. I own I created and own a site, I need to pee.com, which, is, <laughs> which awesome. is one of the first American sites that depicted women who are desperate to pee and then having, you know, quote, genuine accidents. Because at the time there were other sites, but because of the billing processors they used, right. they couldn't have the women like desperate, like upset and, and not smiling. Interesting. Yeah. So I just picked a different billing, a credit card billing processor that would be okay with that and started shooting that type of content because I wanted to see it. Right. And now, (laughs) have you always enjoyed it from the tops perspective, i.e. watching someone desperate? Or do you also enjoy being the person at any point that needs to pee and can't? Yes, I, I do enjoy that myself. Okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, see, I, I genuinely always have to pee for real. That's just the way my body is, so... I mean, that's one of the, the many things I love about you. Like, you're constantly having a sneeze pee. But <laughs> you're, you're also always complaining. It's like, anytime we're on a road trip and we're in the car for more than a half an hour, I'm like, gotta stop. That's <laughs> you're because like, I really want you to wear a diaper. Like, wear a diaper, diaper. and like, that'll solve yes. everything. Uh, see, yes, or... I hate stopping on the road. I love diapers. It seems like a good natural solution. I'm just throwing it out there. 
I'm not mad and, that you and, have to pee. I'm mad that I have to stop. Yes. And may I make a suggestion? Uh-huh. Yes. What about using his diaper? Because this is something I love doing when with my play partners okay. that are diaper lovers and even ABs. Because I, I love just undoing their diapers ah. and straddling them and then peeing in their diaper. <gasps> that is so fucking hot. So oh my God. Embarrassing. I'm so and sorry. That, <laughs> and hot. Right? Oh my God. That is so hot. Oh. There's so many things to do. So just be like, pull over, honey. I need to use your, your toilet, which is also my toilet. <gasps> and then would I, I would put it back on you and you would sit in my pee. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> huh. <laughs> Win win, two birds, one stone. You could hear the little wheels turning in my head. You just don't want to sit in your pee. Exactly. I don't want to sit in my pee. You don't care if I sit in your pee, do you? Yeah. Because it's like we're both diaper tops, but you're kind of you're see the thing is, you're a diaper dominant, but I guess isn't wouldn't the act technically be considered bottoming if piss on me now, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> piss in my diaper he's giving the order yeah 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 so you're who's receiving the who's the top you're you're the Pee dominant but you're receiving now. so are you the dominant bottom doesn't matter i'm the dominant one way or the other do and we, i'm getting peed on do we need labels let's do we just need labels? No. Yeah. exactly let's just no. be and pee like that yeah. exactly yeah you're you're, you're too hung up on all these labels you both said it's hot so just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Win win. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, all right. You are into diapers. What is it specifically about having someone, whether they, you know, have the adult baby aesthetic or more just the diaper aesthetic, but what is it exactly about having someone peeing in a diaper for you? Is it the act of peeing? Is it the dirtiness? Is it the wet and messy? Like, what is it that just like gets you about that? Oh, boy. Well, okay. So it's established. I like pee in general, Mm -hmm. but I don't really like being peed on. But I like that the diaper is their toilet. They're, it's like they're trapped in it. And they don't have a choice but to use it, mm-hmm. whether they want to, whether they do it willingly or not willingly. It's like a complete ex- power exchange dynamic right. where they're forced, they have to use it. It's not a question of if they're going to, it's when they're going to. And I like everything about it. I like Feeling it get wet. I like having my hand on it. I like I like having my face on it when they're wetting it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you you say that you're not, is it that you're not a dom or that you're not a, a mommy dom? Like, where does the dominant, you know, where does that dominant line get crossed or where you don't want to cross it? What is the difference there? Okay. Well, I think the dominant line is always there because I don't need diapers, but they need diapers. Mm-hmm. That's always established. So, oh, I've never had to explain it this way before. Yeah, because I was on your website. Mm. I was on your website, mm. and and um, and we'll talk a little bit more about how I, you. I have do. a question for you, Cindy. Are you equating dominance with being a mommy? Because I think you can separate the two. No, no. What I'm what I'm asking is, I'm on the web. I'm on your website. And you specific things that you lay out is like, don't book a session if you are wanting a femdom or dominatrix session with diapers thrown in. If you're not an, if you're not ABDL or have diaper dominant fantasies or the words sexy, flirting or sensual are in your fantasy description. So it's like, yes, you are being dominant, but there are certain lines yes. that you draw. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, where is the line right. drawn and why? Right. Because in a lot of my sessions, dominatrix would do. Okay. I think that the difference is the context mm. is different. Okay. I'm doing it in a role play sense where I'm their mommy or nanny or wife or lover. Okay. Versus a dominatrix figure that is supposed to do these things and dress a certain way and say certain things. The dynamic is very different 
between a dominatrix and subsession versus a diaper fantasy session. Ah. And, um, and I write those words specifically because I don't want someone seeing my prices and saying, oh, that's a really good price. I'm not into diapers, but she'll do the, the, dom- the dommy things that I want and all those elements that I want. So I'll just put up with the diaper. Okay, because you know some clients are sneaky like that. Yes. And I don't want people. And I find that like when people are a dominatrix, the client is objectifying them. Yes. Versus objectifying the diaper first. And then I am just a tool in creating their diaper dominant fantasy. Ooh. Okay. That. That hits home. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because I almost never get requests on what to wear or how to look. I'm going to dress how I'm going to dress because a real mom or girlfriend or wife that's into their husband being into diapers, they would dress however they are Mm -hmm. versus a, a, a look that people look up to that fantasize about. Right. That makes Mm. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So you have, I saw briefly on the internet, you have a YouTube channel and and a handful of different websites and and clips that you make. And I saw one that was your nursery tour. So you have this whole room that is a nursery, but for adult-sized people. So walk me through, what do you have in that nursery? Like, there's a lot of stuff in there. (laughs) There's not that much stuff in there. I'm in it right now. Um, there's an adult-sized crib, uh-huh. which doubles as a changing table. And there's a, a high chair okay. that I made. And there's a school-sized desk. And there's a lot of toys, books, a ton of diapers, accoutrements such as bibs, mitts, onesies, a ton of sissy dresses and feminine dresses. Mm-hmm. Because I do get a lot of um, specification type sessions. Right. Uh, What else is around here? A lot of stuff. I have a straight jacket that I love. Ooh. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to thank you for something. The When you take a look at your website, one of the first things you have is COVID-19 news. No in-person sessions until the social distancing is over. Sorry. Thank you for that. Oh, okay. There's um, a lot of people that aren't doing it, so it's very much appreciated, especially if you're immunocompromised. That's something that we look for, and I'm seeing different places like swing clubs around Las Vegas are trying to open up already illegally, oh. uh, and people are doing you know sessions when it's just not safe to do it. And those are the motherfuckers. If we were in a zombie apocalypse, that get bit, that wouldn't tell you. So I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel safe having you in my zombie pod. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, because a lot of um, my session clients, we're going to call them visitors and not clients. Visitors that I get are from out of town. Oh. Yeah. A lot of them are business people and and people that come to conventions or from L.A. and are driving in from other states. So because of that, they'll be on airplanes and doing a lot of traveling. So that's why... That's another important reason why I'm not doing in-person sessions. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I love the dinosaurs you have in there too. I bet Diaper Boy would just be in seventh heaven. <laughs> yeah. I hope he, I think he said he was coming to Vegas yes. at some point. Yeah. I know we had talked to, and for those listening along, we're referring to Handsome Black Diaper Lover on uh, Instagram. And yeah. He's just the sweetest guy. Like, I know. I just like, I want to hang out with him in real life. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, we definitely plan to hang out when he's here. And I can't wait because he's super cute. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's definitely. the understatement of the year. So, <laughs> you know, I am not. I have a lot of friends that are, are littles and I'm, I'm, you know, little friendly and very adjacent to the littles community, but I would not say I'm a part of the littles community. There's lots of stuff that I don't know and lots of social things that I don't know about. And we recently moved to Vegas. We've been here about a year and a half. 
Oh, I'm, I'm a, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, when the munches start again, I organized the Vegas oh, please, little because we haven't found so any munches so here at all. Great. That we yeah, we haven't found any munches that we feel at home, in, and that would make me feel very awesome. Just yeah. finding something that's a little bit more up our alleyway. Yes, definitely. Yeah, the last one, forty people came out <gasps> to Sunset Park for a huge barbecue picnic. Oh, thing. cool! We are there. We are so there. Yeah, oh absolutely. But we would be so honored. Okay. Oh yeah. No, but it's interesting because as I'm I'm talking to more and more people um in in ABDL and Little's communities, I'm finding that is it true that Vegas is kind of has a very robust community, um, an ABDL store? Like, is it a hub for this kind of activity? I think every large city is can be a hub. Okay. They just need the proper organization and people to lead events and plan the events. Because I've known that there were little pockets here and there, and I know people because they visited the nursery, but there was no place for them to meet. Okay. Like, um, there was no munches. Oh. And one guy who's a daddy who also has his own nursery that I'm friends with, he would organize his own little parties, but it wasn't an open invite. You had to know him and know people to get in. So I was like, F this shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just organize it because someone needs to do this. <laughs> oh, that is cool. That is really cool. Yeah. I will. So I'm like the reluctant nice. organizer. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Now, I will tell you one thing that we did. This is quite a few years ago in Chicago is one of the fetishes that Ken and I are into is clown play. Like we're very into the clown role play, the dress up, the whole thing. And get out of my mind. I was just going to say about the same thing. Oh, Go yeah. Ahead. So we had a clown party and we're like, hmm, you know, who else to invite? And we're like, Littles, clowns and littles are the perfect Ooh, yes. mashup. It was the hottest thing. Oh my God, we had <gasps> so much fun. It was a clown little play party. Yes. Oh, and we were also all the clowns would take the littles, lock them up in a cage, and we'd blow up balloons. And then the clown, and they wanted to be groped. So they had the clowns come in to pop the balloons and, on tickle the, on them. The, and tickle them. And then they would chase them on a trike riding around the dungeon. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I would love that. I would. I volunteer to be the scary clown. That's actually going to be next year's, um, my theme for trick-or-treating at Capcom next year. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because awesome. I like to decorate my room. <gasps> that's And dress cool. up. Yeah, so this year I made a mini haunted house for trick-or-treating, and I was scaring people. But next year I'm going to... It's going to be clown themed. Let, let me know, because yeah. I have the <laughs> yeah. largest uh, clown play group on FetLife. What? And they would yeah. definitely, yeah, it's uh, like very, very, we're into it. We run it at AVN every year. There's like clown orgies and stuff that happen and like more adult themes or even just like clown play parties. We did it more in Chicago Dude. than here just because like we've only been here in a year and a half and it's been plague, looting, disaster. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> the world is on murder, fire. Murder hornets and cannibal rats. The like world we, is not clown friendly right now. <laughs> it needs more clowns, but right now they're all in the White House. So. Yes. <laughs> right. Don't pretend clowns. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned Capcom. So I'm, I always like to put myself in the mind of the listener. Maybe this is me being like the mommy podcast host, like, oh, listeners, are you, I know you have some needs now. So I'm envisioning some of these listeners are like, yeah, I'm kind of a little, I'm, I'm into this, but I don't have a community. Oh my goodness, there is a community. There may be people like just realizing there are pockets of people out here that do this. So what is Capcom, what are some of these uh, conventions and gatherings that people can go to? Oh my goodness, it's so funny you brought that up because my next YouTube video that's releasing is a guide to ABDL events ah, from biggest to smallest. Perfect. And if that's out by <laughs> yeah. the time this podcast episode oh, yeah, is out, I'm going to link that be. in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Capcom stands for Chicago Age Players Convention, and it's a annual con usually in March of every year. Mm -hmm. And this year, uh, they topped out at 1,300 people. Wow. It's a, a whole hotel takeover. The host hotel sells out within a day. It's stressful as heck <laughs> to book your hotel. Um, but it goes from Thursday 
it's the hotel takeover uh-huh. to to all of Sunday. Wow. So you have play spaces, you have a huge trike track, Nerf Wars, a very intense programming schedule, stuff for everybody. So there's stuff for uh for baby furs, mm-hmm. like furries who like age play. Oh cool. Yeah, age players of all different ages. Lots of uh, classroom sessions to learn about different things like medical play for age players or enemas or spanking or rope play, uh, a dark age play dungeon mm-hmm. with a bondage crib and it, just a lot of schedule of events. Wow. That oh, God, sounds- I would love to see something like that in Vegas. We could call it Lapcom and you can get spanked on my lap. Las Vegas area. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm not getting your acronym. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> we, you know what? We've actually kind of discussed this before. Yeah. 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 It was me, a couple other guys, and the owner of the diaper store here that were in the early stages of discussing how to create a convention here. Ooh. And then San Diego announced their age play convention. Ooh. So we're like, okay, well, they got the West Coast covered, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So as you're talking, I have always liked being a mommy. Like, it's one of the roles that I play. Maybe not all the time, but um, mm-hmm. I like that mommy-dom vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Where I'm more of dommy, though. Um, and as I think about the resources that are available and – you know, even podcasts and and media that you consume, it's all about littles. Like, for instance, I was Mm kind of like, man, you guys are doing kink play when in New York a few years ago, they opened up um, like daycare for adults. And they didn't mean for it to be kinky. They were just like, adults have stress. So they come here in color. I'm like, you guys know you're doing kink, right? (laughs) Oh, wow. But it's the hot thing. There's coloring books now for adults. Like, it's even bleeding over into the mainstream. Adults are realizing, like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a time to let go and to play, and it mm-hmm. feels good, mm-hmm. which is great. However, you never hear or you don't hear often resources for people who are bigs or caregivers or, you know, whatever want to label you want to put on it. So Mm -hmm. for people listening who are like, you know, I I might be a mommy or I might be a daddy or whatever, where do you suggest they look for resources, community, all of that stuff? Um, There really isn't any resources out there. I have seen sites that are like, how How do you be a caregiver? How do you become a mommy dom? And I believe Penny Barber has a book on that Ooh. too. Yeah, a couple of people have written books on how to engage in diaper discipline. And then you can read that and get ideas on the actual actions and mindset. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. So when you go to conventions or large scale events, I've never been to one, uh, you know, a strictly an age play convention, but I'm imagining that there's a huge disparity. I'm thinking there's a ton of littles and not many bigs. Am I off or is that right? That is super correct. Really? Yes. And it's, and I just see so many littles and even diaper lovers looking for a partner. And they don't know where to go. That's sad. I'm just because picturing just not enough people. I'm picturing. Like, I want to go do an orphanage. I just yes, want to go there. I am picturing. <laughs> I am picturing. You know, somebody like like handsome black diaper lover with like the lip sticking out, the quivery lip, and the teary eye, just like standing there in a diaper holding the bottle. And like T Rex diapers. I don't have a mommy. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go adopt them all. Yeah, that's really sad. Aww. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I've tried to brainstorm and I've asked a lot of other people, like, how can we attract more bigs and more caregivers into this lifestyle? And I think the bottom line is just education because they don't know it's an option. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to say education and media and like stigma. Just, like, just, like, yeah. Just yes. like you just get the word out. And I think being on our show is a great way to do that. This is one of the reasons why we've wanted to focus more on things like 
everything to do with diapers and little play and stuff mm-hmm. because there's such an overwhelming interest in it, but so little information out there. Right. And yes. so much stigma yeah. too. So much stigma. So much stigma. And that's why I started a YouTube channel. I, I debated hard and long over that. I'm like, do I want my face out there in the media? But it kind of already is. Right. And I want to reach a larger population that aren't in the community. Like for every person that goes to an event and has an Instagram kink profile and is active on fat life, there are a ton of people who are not in the community mm. where they are. They keep it under wraps. And those are a majority of the people I see. Right. That visit me. Yeah. Interesting. Because they either have families or they have so much shame and they're scared. So they're not out there. Yeah. Out in the online world, like communicating and trying to find people. Hi, this is sexual folklorist Dixie Dillator from the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm excited to answer the Pleasure Podcast question of the month, which is, what is my number one sex tip for quarantine? I'm sequestered all alone with my partner, Bent, and we're big fans of role play. Our go-to used to be Anna Nicole Smith and the Rich Old Man. Sign this legal document, husband. No, Anna Nicole, I know you only want to inherit all my money. But after more than six weeks of shelter in place, we're mixing it up these days. You like that, don't you, Carol Baskin? No, Joe Exotic. Don't cover me with that sardine oil. Want to hear more true adventures of sex, kink, or gender? Check out the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks! Exciting news! There's a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. So I want you to take a look in the mirror. I guarantee you're going to see hair sticking out of those holes, right? Right? It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your cleanly shaven pubes. So really, have you ever tried to tweeze a nose hair? Thankfully, I haven't because... I watched another person do it, and it scarred me for life. Blood-curdling screams, tears, not to mention the lifelong psychological trauma. Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent those painful nicks, snags, and tugs. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It's also waterproof, so that's easy. It's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. And guess what else? When you order, you also get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed-whacking time clean and enjoyable. So yeah, right now, it is time to upgrade your manscaping routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. Yeah, you heard right. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. So what you waiting for? Go smooth out those holes. You know, I've, I've heard of so many people, just, you know, anecdotally friends and acquaintances who maybe didn't know about this lifestyle fetish, however you want to classify it. And once they they realize, like, this is a thing, Mm -hmm. and it's not Mm -hmm. weird, and really cool people do this, they're like, holy motherfucking shit, I have actually been a little for years, and I didn't realize it. Like, I like coloring. I carry my my unicorn (laughs) with me everywhere I go. I make the pouty face. Well, think about it. Like, you're kind of a little, like, with cats and with your backpack, because you do cute little kid stuff. Like, and you do Mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's a a sense of play, not really a little. Yes, yes. But, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I'm going to do, like, just, and I don't know why we, it hasn't dawned upon me, but just the idea that there are littles that need a partner, we are going to start on our American Sex Discord right next to the littles area, an orphanage for littles to meet bigs. Aww. So I think that that would be at least an online source for littles uh, or anybody that's into diaper play to meet a potential partner. That would be cool. And that way, if they want a creepy uncle, like I'm there like already to yell at people and be involved (laughs) in an orphanage. But I'm a mean, creepy uncle. I'm not nice. I'm not I'm not a nice caregiver. So if that's what you want and it's consensual, then you'll have a place to go. 
Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I love being strict too. I mean, I love being the Chinese tiger mom and yelling at people. That's my passion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, like, it's funny because I said on actually the, the podcast that we just released this week, I was talking about the littles area, and I was like. And it's so cute. And they talk about the stuffed animals they have and the different outfits they bought. And And I was like, oh, my God, I'm really getting into this. But I'm also not a little. But I'm also like, but it's so cute. And it's so fun. And I think what I am is like, you know, there's different mommy. Like, you can be the the, oh. blah, the yelling mommy, like, do this, you know, wash your hands mm-hmm. behind your ears. And then you could be the mommy that gets down on the floor and plays Barbies and has fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm tapping oh, into yeah. that part of my mommy. Like, I want to play, too. But I'm still not quite a little. I'm still the mom. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I look at everybody like they left a light on. And I'm. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Oh my God. If you leave electricity running, because I don't imagine that any mommy or daddy is going to let that happen. Yeah. That's true. What are we made of money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is such a good point because I've told a lot of my friends and they can relate too. They're like, hmm, I do like these things. Yeah. I do like cute t-shirts and watching Marvel and playing with this. Right. And, I mean, now there's adults, like campouts. There's so many things mm-hmm. to, for adults to tap into that side of it. Yeah. Themselves. Yeah. I think when people hear the term adult babies, like the term, just that term itself, then they can't relate to that because they think of actual little literal babies right as in like just wearing diapers being nonverbal, just crying and going goo goo gaga versus the reality of age play and little space uh, the people that engage in it they just like to have a mindset that is younger than their actual age right and it fluctuates too depending on what they're doing or who they're um becoming involved with mm-hmm. yeah and so forth. you know part yeah. of it may be gen xers and boomers like their first exposure to any kind of abdl stuff was the jerry springer show and like some like <laughs> very dramatic right. like chubby white guy that like <laughs> was doing things that no real adult baby would ever do like they th- those shows are yeah, those shows right. are casted by reality tv show producers they don't care about the community or anything no they don't have representation of people of color because there's not just white folks that like to be put in diapers everybody does yeah, yeah. yes and there's women too but on the media it's always men i actually just made a youtube video about that debunking six ABDL myths you see in the media. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Because, yeah. It's not out yet, but it will be out. I'm going to go binge your uh, YouTube as soon yeah. as we're done with this. But, I mean, there's so much <laughs> stigma. There's the stigma that it's weird. There's also the stigma that it has something to do with, like, pedophilia or, you know. Right. And, right. And, I th- and real babies. Yeah. Exactly. And I think... I mean, I have a skewed perspective because of the lifestyle I'm, I'm in and, you know, the profession mm-hmm. I'm in. But I think that I'm seeing slowly people starting to get like, oh, my God, it's not about that at all. It's about the mindset and being in a place where you feel free or you're forgetting, mm-hmm. you know, your adult responsibilities or whatever it is. Or you're in a place where, you know, people can nurture you and care for you. That sort of thing it has really nothing to do with age. It's just as right. human beings, that's one way we have learned to represent that kind of feeling. It's like that or maybe animal play is a similar thing, but you're you're not verbal right. when you're an animal. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think people are starting to get that more? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, slowly. Yeah. Yeah, but I still, like, all my friends know. All my acquaintances know. All my friends of friends know. And before I tell them mm-hmm. what I'm into or what I do or that I have a nursery, I, in my mind, I have to think, do I have the extra half an hour to spare right now for them to ask all the same questions <laughs> that everyone else does. Like, like, are these people mentally like challenged? Do, are they traumatized at childhood? Do they like little kids? It's the same questions. <laughs> Maybe you need a pre-printed FAQ with, <laughs> that you yeah. can just hand them. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, I'll just make a YouTube video. Yeah, hence your YouTube. YouTube. Like, yeah, go watch my better. YouTube channel before you talk to me. <laughs> it's my age showing. Like, everything's like on paper still in my head. Yeah. No, YouTube is much more effective. So are you finding with your YouTube channel... You know, because I have a YouTube channel and there are people from every corner of the internet. There's the supportive people. There's the people who are like, you need Jesus. There's the people who are like, you're a freak. And you're... <laughs> there's the 4chan people. Yeah. So are you wow. finding that people are supportive on your YouTube channel? Or do you find people who didn't know about the lifestyle walking in and making comments? And if so, what kind of comments do you get? Well, so far, I just started my YouTube channel. Okay. So. Um, I put all my Instagram videos up there. So th those were videos just made for my Instagram followers. Okay. So were already my fans. And then I put them up and then I started making new YouTube content for the masses. So, so far it's been super positive because it's such a niche thing. I don't think uh, non-ABDL people are really finding it yet. Right, and right. People have to type in the, the proper keywords and then they see it. Okay. Okay. And and I assume on your Instagram, people have been really supportive because it's probably, you know, your followers are people who are very yeah. entrenched in that community. Yes. And I, and I am private on Instagram just because I've been deleted so many oh, times. Oh, smart, smart. Mm. So tell me about, have you had an interaction with somebody who maybe didn't know about the lifestyle and then it clicked and they got it like have you had interactions like that and if so what were they like like what was the thing that made people really just get it so more like friends friends or social media friend. you know encounters of maybe somebody who stumbled upon your page that was like oh what's this <laughs> <laughs> um not so much like an accidental stumbler right but i've had one close friend who it clicked for him like he was just watching some kids play at a pool and he's like, that's what I want. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want that. I think I'm going to do this. Oh, that's amazing. But then he also asked me, does age play work the opposite way? Like, do people ever want to age play someone older? <gasps> that's a good question. Well, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd love to be an ancient. <laughs> <laughs> are, are they geezers? Like, what do you call them? Yeah, I don't know, because I didn't even know about it. And then I had to research it. But he was adamant that his mom and other women in his family were age playing older than their actual age to get more attention, like walking with a cane when they really don't need a cane. Wow. That's, yeah. that's you know, I don't know why we've never gone the other direction before, yeah. but that's something we need to explore. So if anybody is out there, if you're an age player in the other direction, if you're a geezer, let us know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm yeah. I'm I'm on a quest to find well, out. Weird. I just I just found out about middles and I never had I just kind of lumped all oh, littles yeah. together into one category. Okay. So someone explain what middles are. What are middles? Like from what I understand middles are more like uh sort of like uh middle school aged age players. Like prepubescent so, so kind pre of prepubescent yeah. but like 11 to 14 or 11 to 13. Okay. Or even younger than that. Yeah, even slightly younger, like Where eight, nine, ten, but like not, you know, not tykes. They're not like I think yeah, it's maybe about no, age they, eight. Yeah, they're not toddlers. They're a little bit older than that. They're older than preschool or kindergarten. Not diaper dependent. Not don't need that. And they just a lot of them seem like they like being brats. Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. those. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So, okay, I have a question. Going back to the diapers. Um, there's a lot of pee with diapers, but do you uh, engage in or do you have clients that like to engage in poop and diapers? Yes. Okay, so tell me about I that. I am one of the, I guess, rarer caregivers and bigs that really enjoy watching guys mess. Oh. Yes, especially diaper lovers. And I love that. But I personally don't change visitors to the nursery uh -huh. i enjoy watching them mess but usually after they mess and especially if they're a diaper lover and they say come in their diapers mm -hmm. then that moment's kind of over for them so they're like okay i'll just clean myself up because they snap out of that they sna snap out of their diaper horniness okay okay mm -hmm. and so what um, what is it about what is it just like 
Because for a lot of people, like, poo still has that stigma that it's embarrassing that, oh, Mm -hmm, you're doing it in front of somebody else. So is that the draw, like, kind of the humiliation of, like, not only am I pooping, but I'm surrendering to the fact that I'm pooping in front of you? Yes. Yeah. It's the witnessing it. It's the embarrassment. The fact that they're using their diaper for everything, a.k.a. their toilet, I like the loss of control. I like it when they're trying not to mess their diaper, but I've used a suppository or an enema, and I, I enjoy watching the struggle. Same as, as the pee desperation. Okay. The omurashi. I really like that. Okay. Okay. So you make a lot of uh, like content, like clips and, and things that people watch. Yeah. Do you only make clips of stuff that you enjoy, or do you do like clus- custom? Custom clips. (laughs) Custom clips of maybe things that you're like, I'm not really so much into this, but, you know, I'll do it. I'm satisfying someone else's fantasy. So what is your content like? And what is some of the maybe not quite your cup of tea content, but you've made it for the consumption for other people? Oh, totally. And I like to add that I'm not really in a lot of my content. Okay. I've owned I Need a Mommy. I started that in 2006. Seven. So I've been making content for geared for other people that entire time. Oh, okay. Yeah, for like 13 years now. And what's some of the most um, popular? Like, what do people want to The see? diaper punishment. Oh. Definitely the punishment stuff where they have an accident and they're forced back into diapers because their mommy or girlfriend doesn't trust them to keep it dry. And then the regression starts. That's been really popular. Um, a lot of anal play stuff has been popular. Cuckolding and sissification is also really popular. Okay. And both in videos and personal sessions as well. Okay. And I also do a lot of audios. Like I started doing audios just for diaper lovers. Oh. Because nobody else was doing yeah. that. Yeah, just sexy. Like I'm your girlfriend and, and I'm enjoying you in your diaper. Okay. And that's really, yeah. a lot of people are like audio, audio, you know, erotica and uh, adult mm-hmm. content is so popular. And I think even mm-hmm. right now, because like people are trying to sneak their content any way they can because they're home with the family, you know, all Ooh, the kids are home and whatnot. Yes. So there's been a surge <laughs> in like, I'm just going to go walk the dog and pop in my earbuds and they get their content, you know? Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So question, you mentioned Mm -hmm. cuckolding and Mm -hmm. sissification. Is that Mm -hmm. within the context of age play or diaper play as well? Like, are those two mixed together? Yes, they are. Ooh. Yes. It it can be with age play or it can be without age play and just, Um, with diapers. And I wanted to also add that I've seen a lot of people over the years, Uh like hundreds. So I get a lot of origin stories because I love hearing about how people got into diapers. Yes. Tell us. So for a lot of males, it seems like, I'm not saying all males, Mm -hmm. but for the majority of males, they were diaper lovers first. The diapers always came first. Huh. And then it may have developed into age play. Interesting. With age play. But the diapers always came first. They always stole diapers and didn't want to be out of diapers and would save up money and ride to another town to buy some diapers at the CVS. But it was always about the diapers first. That is really and enjoying the diapers and enjoying doing stuff in their diapers. And then maybe as they saw stuff online and saw the community online, then they might try a pacifier or a bottle and other stuff. For women, it seems like it's the complete opposite. It's the age play and the mindset that comes first. Interesting. And then someone may introduce them into diapers or they may see it online and be like, you know what, I'll try this other aspect. So the diaper is more of a tool versus the focus. That's really fascinating. Now I want to like launch some all out peer reviewed study on why 
<laughs> you know, it's interesting. My, my mind kind of went in a completely different direction. So in the past, we've had guests on where we talk about the cultural practices of pubic hair grooming. Do you have strong feelings one way or the other, especially during COVID? Because I think a lot of us are growing more pubic hair these days because <laughs> yeah, we shaving. just don't I'm care. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you have any feelings about pubic hair when it comes to diaper play? Um, I personally do not. And I've never thought about that before. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Now we're all uh, we're yeah. we're gonna leave on the note about thinking about pubes. Now everyone who's listening <laughs> is just gonna be walking around all day like, huh, pubes, huh, pubes. Well, I guess for me the focus is the diaper. Yeah. So I'm not really seeing the pubes or their parts until it's time for a change. Ah. And then it's like that's always so fun for me is is changing someone. Yeah. Like a stranger, like say at Capcom when I'm doing diaper change happy hour. It it just feels like I'm just opening like a a pissy present and I get so excited because I don't know what to expect. That's Aww. awesome. Do you do you get more yeah. erections or more flaccid penises? Um erections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I would think. I would assume. I, would assume. I, well, I don't yeah. know though, yeah. so I'm, that's why I'm asking. Oh. This has been yeah. just so refreshing and enlightening. I mean, Ken and I obviously know that people in the age play community or the diaper community aren't weird at all, you know? Uh However, like we were saying, the stigma out there, I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, even though we do have a, a pretty large percentage of our audience that are age players, we have a lot that aren't. And I think throughout this, you know, hour, however long we've been talking, um, mm-hmm. that you've opened a lot of eyes and you've really normalized this to like, okay, this makes sense. There's nothing about this that's weird. Um, yeah. Hey, and there's a whole community out there and there's conventions Huge. and munches and all sorts of stuff. So thank you for that. Wow. No, thank you for having me, for giving us all this amazing platform. Yay. So where can we, where can we get more of you? Oh, geez. Where can we find you on the internet? I'm probably most active on Instagram, which is diaper.perv. And I'm also on FetLife. My site is myvegasnursery.com. I do also do Skype and phone sessions. And I think I'm going to keep that even after COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm, And YouTube, it's just slash diaperperv. Awesome. And for those listening along, if you didn't have a pen or a crayon and you couldn't write that down fast enough, we will have all of those links in the show notes for this episode at americansexpodcast.com. Uh, Diaper Perf, thank you. Thank you. And thank I you hope so much. Yeah, I hope we talk more. Yeah, we you. live in the same city. We want to come to the munches since we're allowed out of our houses. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can't wait. Yay. Thank you so much. You have a good one. Thank you. You too. Alrighty. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.